Welcome to Pressing Buttons, a podcast about video games. In today's episode, we discuss the launch of Baldur's Gate 3. We also check out all the news out of EVO 2023 and discuss the Destiny 2 state of the game. Enjoy the show! Hello, and welcome to Pressing Buttons. I'm Hugo. I'm Nick. Another great week, another great episode coming at you. Episode 75. Woohoo, baby. That's three times 25. 75th. <laughs> you're, you're, really, you're really stretching on making the number of the episode be I don't know, I something feel like, more important than it really is. I feel like, you know, 75 is a momentous uh, occasion, a, a number, but, you know, like there's not a lot of fanfare for it. You know, not not as big as 100, 50's halfway to 100, it's just 75, you're just three three quarters to 100. But anyways, yeah, episode 75, we are glad to be here as always every week. Um, and we're going to be starting strong with some Baldur's Gate. Uh, we're going to start talking about Baldur's Gate this week. It's been uh, a big release for a title that I wouldn't say not very uh, known, you know, except in the in the steam community because it, it was in early access for three years um but it's one of the fastest selling games of, out there it's peaked at eight hundred thousand concurrent uh users on steam which has i believe makes it like the ninth uh most concurrent users a game has had on steam and is one of the biggest pc releases in 2023 and also that has shot it up the charts in uh playstation network uh, even though it hasn't been released, I believe it's going to be released uh, early September. Uh, so pretty big numbers out there for Baldur's Gate. Obviously, you have a, a, a lot of these RPG titles that are coming out this year, uh, but that had a lot more fanfare and a lot more you know, interest, uh, like Starfield coming out uh, in September as well. And then you also have, um, like, uh, what's the other one? The Larian one? The Larian? Well, this is the Larian game. Their prior game, you mean? D- Divinity Original yeah, Sin? Yeah, Divinity Original Sin, yeah. Oh, okay. So you have those those games, and obviously this one ha- ha- it has been a surprise, especially because, of, like I said, early access for three years while they fixed up a lot of the, the stuff to have it fully released. And even though it still has its problems, it's doing so well because of all the options it gives you in terms of creating characters, in terms of solving uh, puzzles, in terms of combat and all that stuff. Definitely, uh, I think it helps a lot, um, especially in this day and age where we release a lot of unfinished titles and they have to get patched up uh, every week or two because there's so many bugs to it. And even though this has a lot of bugs, I, I feel like with the release, the the developers have been very straightforward with the community and everybody knows what to expect out of it. And it still did great. Um, I know you purchased it uh, and you played a little bit of it. What are your feelings oh, towards yeah. it? Loving it, loving it. Uh, definitely a much better RPG than Final Fantasy 15, or sorry, 16. I already Damn. forgot the number. I already forgot the number, the right number of it, because I'm so so over that game. That's but a, um, that's a low blow. Final Fantasy didn't even do anything to you, but continue. Exactly. Well, it kind of you know it it took my money. <laughs> that counts for something. Um, but no, I think this is. I think this is great. I think kind of like a couple a couple of things off the top of my mind is the fact that this is a it's a it's a largely single player you can't play it cooperatively but i would i would kind of position it as mainly mainly a single player turn-based rpg uh no no microtransactions like they they were like very vocal um the developers were like super vocal around like you buy the game you get everything no microtransactions, you know, it's like kind of like how in the glory days of CD Projekt Red. Um, so they, they leaned in on that messaging and, and the fact that the game is going to, you know, it's already like a huge, a huge success. It's one of the biggest, you know, biggest titles on PC in 2023. Uh, it looks like it's going to be another a big title on PlayStation 4 as well, or PlayStation 5 as well. So... Yeah, so that's cool, you know. So I think that's like evidence that there is a market and an appetite for single player story role playing games. Not everything needs to be multiplayer, free to play microtransactions. You know, high action, high acting action at all times. You know, so I think 
I think it's a good thing. So I'm super happy that this game's selling very well. Um, what else? Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I've been playing. I think I've got it. Yeah, so it came out on Thursday, uh, kind of depending on where in the world you live. And yeah, I've already played it like 20 hours or something. <laughs> you know, so like that was basically my my weekend project was was playing this game. And I've never really got into uh I've I've played, you know, Divinity Original Sin and like similar titles in the past. And you know, I play them for like a little bit and I kind of get kind of get bored by them and, and move on. But like that just hasn't happened hasn't happened with, with this game. I think it's just so much more polished, easier to get into. The game looks incredible. The level of like flexibility and options you have with approaching every scenario is just like so fun and interesting. Uh, it, it might be the first game that I'm like, I'm talking to every NPC because you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so, and that like rarely happens. Like, you know, most games you play, you kind of like figure out the value of engaging with NPCs. And most of the time it's like not super engaging. So I just kind of like skip it or don't do it as much, but like this isn't one of those types of games at all. So um, really been enjoying my time. Maybe I'll save further thoughts for, for closing thoughts, but really good time. Um, the other kind of interesting thing about it is you mentioned the game's been in early access for three you know three years or, or something like that so the game has been you know out some version of it's been out for a very long time uh because of my track record with these types of games i opted to like not do early access and i'm like i'll just wait for the finished product and if it's great then you know i'll have i'll have a good time with it at that point but i think it's i think it's like unbelievable that the game's been out for so many years and then it comes out and it still has this like giant like marketing you know sales event that happens because you think like most people who really want to play this game had already purchased it through through the access but like it's not like so i think i think it's like an interesting um kind of proof point for early access and for certain games that might actually be like the best way to get the game get a version of the game out test the waters get feedback take your time when it's ready, push it out there. And because the product is going to be so good by the time you release it, there'll just be like a lot of positive word of mouth and critical reception that you'll get like this other big, uh, big sales event that happens. So, so yeah, that's, that's my thoughts. Um, really impressive game. Yeah. And, and big props to, to, like you said, early access, um, there's been a couple titles that that have released on early access on Steam and have done pretty well. Um, the the biggest one I can recall would be Hades. Hades was in early access for for a while, while they updated it, and then uh, when it got a f its full release, obviously it became such a big hit. Even the even won a couple Game of the Year awards and a lot of awards for the cast and the writing and the combat and all that stuff. So definitely, this early access works. I think um, a lot of studios could learn from this in terms of. Like I was saying earlier, releasing these unfinished games that, you know, uh, turns off a lot of people as opposed to gain a lot of fans. And um, very, very, very surprising just because it's it's a game that I think has done more with word of mouth. And we always talk about this marketing. Um, you have all these big games like Call of Duties or your Final Fantasies, your Starfield, all uh, your Spider-Man, all those games that just have this big, big marketing push. Um, and, and that's how people get their eyes on it. That's how people hear about it. That's how people choose to purchase the games. But this one, uh, three years of early access and then just gets released and everybody's talking about how good it is and the choices and all that stuff. And that's all the marketing it, it, it needed. And I think that's great for the community because at the end of the day, you just need your game to be a good, solid game and people to enjoy it and tell their friends about it and their friends will get it. Um, and I think we, we've seen that a lot with a couple games this, this year, obviously like Remnant 2 that had double the the uh, remnants one player base um when it released and that's a lot 
to do with word of mouth you have this game um so i'm, I'm glad to see it and hopefully we, we get a lot more games like that where people see the, the quality of the game um over the marketing and and they tell their friends and they purchase it and it gives more options for the future so they could develop more games like this so you know looking forward to it all right uh moving on we are going to be talking some evo uh so for those of you who don't know even though we've been talking about it for a bit and how jealous we are of not being able to attend but basically right now evo's taking place it's finishing up as we're recording the podcast they just finished up um uh tech and top six uh congrats to arlen ash who is a two-time champion at evo so uh we're going to be discussing some stuff that they announced it this weekend over at evo uh if you get the chance also go back to the videos there, there was a lot of good com competitions a lot of good uh fights in there uh first off is project l um for those unaware it's the fighting game that riot the makers of league of legends and valorant are developing um it's going to be starting characters from the league of legends universe uh so far we have ari jinx katarina darius echo and ilawi as confirmed characters and over the weekend at evo they announced a new playable character which is yasuo which is one of i guess people's favorite characters in league he's a big staple of the franchise he's a he's a samurai with a sword so you know everybody loves him um and also uh for those unaware project l is a 2v2 fighting game uh, where you can uh play as both characters and control both characters or you and a friend can control two of the characters uh fighting against two people controlling two other characters so very new, unique take on this um the the game itself looks pretty fun um i know from seeing some impressions of the people who are at evo and have gotten their hands on as well as a lot of content creators that riot uh was able to showcase the game for they seem to have been enjoying it the mechanics itself of the game and the 2v2 fighting um and then the the characters itself uh league is is known for having a wide wide i believe it's like a hundred 50 to 180 uh champions i forget the exact amount but it's a very very high amount of, of champions so there's, obviously there's a big champion pool of characters to pick up uh for fighting games so um so far these are all your generic fighting types uh it'll be interesting to see if in the future they do kind of stray away from this and do kind of like the magician's type or anything like that so it's gonna be really interesting um your thoughts on this did you uh, are you liking what you're seeing from from riot i know you're not a big league fan but this is yeah something else. no i mean the the game looks super fun uh yeah i'm not i i i've played league of legends a little bit here and there but i'm by no means an expert in that game and don't really know most of the characters so um but i think that that could be totally fine i mean i think the game just it just looks really fun uh obviously i haven't played it myself but uh they did a i think this was like a week a week or so ago um so obviously they're doing a lot of stuff at evo but i think leading up to evo they did kind of like a marketing thing where they brought a bunch of like influencers and and um fighting game players uh professional fighting game players and brought them in their office and they were able to play a build and it seems you know i don't i don't think it was paid promo like i think they like genuinely just wanted the feedback from that you know from from those types of people and it seems to be like pretty positive um so you know i think it's everything's looking good uh i think the thing and maybe you're not that surprised by this but the thing i'm most interested in is the business model <laughs> so uh i think i'm sure there's it's all been other business with you all business with you all, all business all business um i i think there's a, i can't off the top of my head think of any but i know there's been other like free-to-play fighting games but i think this will be the first what i would call like a triple a like very large budget fighting game that's that's going to be free-to-play whereas you know street fighter mortal kombat tekken guilty gear so on and so forth like you all you, you need to buy all of those games and then they generally have you know bundles and skins and new characters and and whatever that they release over time that you gotta pay additional money for so to me i'm i'm pretty sure maybe they've confirmed it but i'm i'm pretty confident this is, this is going to be a free-to-play game similar to league of legends and you're going to need to like and you know buy a certain 
And Valorant. I believe Valorant is for you. I as think well. Valorant too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just Riot's general philosophy is just building for scale and you know have it be free and then just let people kind of choose pick and choose whatever characters and skins and other cosmetics that they want so so to me it's like okay does that is there a like will that work for a fighting game um yes or no and i don't know it kind of like i i think it i think it will um but i think it kind of remains to be seen i don't think it's going to be like league of legends scale but i i think they can get to a big enough size where it, it's actually like a meaningful you know meaningful profitable business for them um but that's that's kind of what i'm most fascinated about this game um and because it's free i'll i'll definitely like try it out and and see if i like it yeah i think i i actually think it will succeed if it's a free to play um the main difference i would say i would want to compare this to um what was that Warner Brothers one? Fuck. I just forgot about it. Multiverses? M multiverses. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah. Mul multiverses was... I mean, that's like... That's yeah. like more of like a party brawler no, no, but thing. I, but but the, the reason I would compare it, compare it would be because it's a free-to-play game. I think it had potential. Obviously, we don't know yet because it went... Uh, it got released into, uh, out of the beta. And then it got unreleased, so it's going to release next year. So that's its own quirky thing. Um, I think they just, because the characters aren't really as recognizable, even though they're, it's strong IPs like Bugs Bunny and Batman and, and Superman and all that stuff, I think because it is more of a party game, people didn't take it seriously enough and it wasn't as popular. Whereas with this, um, even though it's a free-to-play game, it's it's League. Uh, the community for League is one of the strongest, especially in the esports uh, genre. Obviously, uh, I watch, I still watch a lot of uh, League of Legends um, competitive uh, esports. Um, right now is the playoffs, so I still watch a lot of that. That. um valorant's also very big in the esports community so i think just for the fact of that the the push that uh riot will have in this especially as we see more and more with evo and with all these other competitions how how big the fighting game community is and it's getting um and the need for for more competition and more games to be in there that are highly competitive and get more eyes on it i think that big riot push is going to just make it overwhelming. So I think it will do well. And, you know, the money's in the skins. People are going to just be buying skins. Even I buy skins. And I hate spending money on games more than the, just purchasing the game. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see. And there's, uh, there's, there's money in the money. Because I think... Uh, well, Capcom, I think, kind of stepped up the game with prize pools. So you know, for esports and, and for people actually being like motivated to want to win competitions. Historically, fighting games have had like basically no money, uh, like not really meaningful money in play. Um, Capcom did kind of tweak that for Street Fighter Six. So I think, is it like a million dollars? I think like the top player with gets the, with the Capcom, Capcom Cup. Yeah, the Pro Tour. Yeah, Cap yeah the Pro Tour. Um, but I wonder, like, so I know Riot just has such a strong presence with esports, and I think League of Legends is the number one, or at a minimum, like, one of the top games for, like, having just, like, very large prize pools that creates a lot of, uh, you know, again, like, motivation for people to want to, like, pull together teams and, and compete to win that money. So uh, I wonder what their equivalent prize pool is going to be if, if it's a million dollars for street fighter six i wonder what that price tag is going to be for project l and i i i'm pretty sure it's going to be like way bigger than that yeah and and uh and like i said uh, one one last point is just that they're, they're really committed to it uh we can see from the developer videos that they have a lot of uh big names from the fighting game community working on the game to make it a truly great competitive uh fighter so that's really good to see as well uh next thing we want to talk about is tekken 8 uh over this weekend uh they announced two new characters one is gonna be raven who's a shadow ninja uh, i believe he's a previous character um he's been in a couple games and the other one is asusena the coffee queen 
and she's from Peru. So pretty cool to, to see some new characters. They look pretty fun uh, in itself. Uh, you had Harada-san, who is the uh, producer, uh, longtime producer of uh, Tekken out there announcing these characters. Um, the game looks great. Obviously, we were talking, uh, um, Nick and I, we were talking earlier about um, Tekken and how long, Tekken 7 specifically, and how long it's been out there uh, since 2015. Um, and obviously, with, with Tekken 8 coming out soon, we, we don't have a release date yet for it, but it seems to be ramping up, uh, especially since they just did uh, close network tests, like it's going to be announced uh, for release pretty soon. And it's looking much, much better. Uh, obviously, the graphics look great. And um, it being one of the mainstays, one of the staples of EVO, along with like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, um, it, it'll be good to see it next year as uh, Tekken 8 takes over after the retirement of Tekken 7. Um, your thoughts on, on these two new characters and Tekken 8 overall? Uh, yeah, it looks good. I think uh, Azucena was probably one of the best new character reveal trailers I've seen in a long, not just for Tekken, but just for like fighting games in general. I agree. I'm, I agree. I'm highly biased because I'm a big coffee guy. <laughs> and just like she's the, the coffee queen. And, you know, she's it's kind of like a, a very playful character with like high energy and just like is always talking about coffee and how do you take your coffee and all this stuff so pretty wacky pretty wacky like character idea like for that just to be like this person's all about coffee and also like she just looks cool like she's just like she's very rhythmic and kind of dancing around and like evades attacks with like dance moves basically so she just like looks like a ton of fun to play so so and they like they, they just did that like, right before we started recording. So I'm still trying to like pro process the two trailers, but um, also like the levels looked like incredible, like very dynamic and 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 incredible. So so yeah, good good trailers. Uh, I think I've talked before. Like I'm I'm much more of a a Street Fighter guy than a Tekken guy. Like I've I generally like buy the Tekken games and then I'll play around with them for like a little bit, and then I'll just. I'll kind of stop, but I'll, I'll still continue watching all the, uh, you know, like big tournaments and, and things like that. So I like watching it, but, um, so I'll probably get a Tekken, you know, the, the next Tekken game, whenever they release it, I'll, I'll probably get it and have a good time, but that, that's, you know, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and it's um, and we talked about this earlier as well, that it's like very interesting with these character introductions, like, she could totally be like a cringy character. She's like right on the edge of being super cute or super cringy. Yeah, it's t it's a it's a tough balance, man. And like I think this one, I think they like nailed it where it's kind of this zany like I think it is like a cringe character but like in a likable way. <laughs> so, yeah, who was, I was the other, looking... who was the other one that you mentioned that came off the opposite I think, way? Yeah, there was like like Lucky Chloe, like the Lucky Chloe reveal. Uh so that was for the prior game. Like, I don't, I don't think she's going to be in Tekken 8 because I think basically everyone universally hates her. Uh, but I think that was like another character where they're trying to make it be this like, you know, again, kind of like wacky character that, but, but it's like nobody, nobody likes her. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough balance to find. Uh, but I think they got it. They got it right with, with this character, with the coffee queen. Yeah, it's a fine line uh, to walk these days on the internet. You definitely gotta gotta be careful. Yeah. All right. Um, next big news out of Evo is Killer Instinct. Uh, so they did a uh, ten year anniversary uh, Killer Instinct uh, little tournament with some of the top Killer Instinct characters. Obviously, I've been a big fan of Killer Instinct since I played it for Super Nintendo. Very uh, well. I'm old as fuck too. So uh, a lot a lot of people might might not uh, remember these or, or never played these unless they played the the Xbox One uh, Killer Instinct. But obviously, uh, very recognizable characters. It was basically you know another fighting game in a big era of fighting games with uh, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat um, and so on and so on. Um, but yeah, they announced there's just going to be a big patch that will be released. Uh, it, it's going to have a balance update. So cool, you know, you'll be able to 
play some balanced characters they're going to improve the matchmaking and it's going to have xbox uh 4k support for the series x and series s so this is a big thing um obviously there's a lot of older fighting games that people want with newer uh rollback code and stuff like that or just to get some sort of update for balance or anything like that um so it's kind of cool to see that um microsoft itself is is kind of supporting the community and and they hosted this event for the for the 10 year anniversary and also announced that they're going to be doing some updates to the game to make it uh so people come back and, and play more of it um were you a big killer instinct fan did you uh what do you think of this new news I mean, I think it's I think it's good news. Um, I did play a lot of the original Killer Instinct on Super Nintendo, but that was back when I was I was a kid and had literally no idea what I was doing, and I just found enjoyment in like pun- punching my friend, you know, who was playing. <laughs> so, you know, I have good memories of the franchise for sure. I did play, courtesy of Game Pass. Um, I have played Killer Instinct on PC for a little bit, but I don't know, I just, I just couldn't really, couldn't really get into it. Um, but I do know it has like a very vocal fan base. Um, so I think I'm pretty sure what they want is a sequel, but I think this is the next best thing just to get kind of like a vamped up version of the game that they love. So good announcement. Uh, I am interested. I think maybe I get more invested in, if there's a, you know a, a new game in the franchise, maybe I would get like more kind of dialed into that, but not so much the the the, the current one. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. Um, like with Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, that they've had so many entries in the series, and then this one that was also a very popular one. Uh, unfortunately, with the shakeups at Rare and all that stuff, and then them moving over to to Microsoft, and Microsoft not really focusing on fighting games them more focusing on on like shooters and stuff and even though they had a hold of this franchise that they kind of did away with it and didn't care about it uh where in another you know universe you could probably see this uh continue getting uh more entries in itself and probably you know be very popular so hopefully this uh brings a renaissance uh, especially with the way microsoft is right now um where they would need a, a big fighting game franchise that you know people recognize so that that'd be cool if they bring it back and just make a make a sequel all right next big game is under night in birth 2 that's a lot of words i don't think they necessarily belong together but that's a video game uh it's a very uh popular video game developed by arc system works and french bread um they just announced a sequel uh i'm not a big like I don't, I don't play this game. I think this was the second. I I knew of the name. I didn't even know it was a fighting game. I thought it was an RPG. So it's pretty interesting. But it is a very cult hit. I would say uh, it's one of those where you where you see at these uh, tournaments that always pops up. Obviously, because you do have a big contingency of fans um, that that enjoyed this game, uh, and they had the right crowd because I I believe there was a big big response uh, from a lot of the fans. They really enjoyed this announcement. You got any thoughts on this? Or you got as much thoughts as I had on this? I mean, I so I own the game. Uh, you own this game? Well, the first game. Well, the wow. first one, the first one. Yeah, yeah, the first one. Not not the one that hasn't been released yet. Wow, um, shocking, shocking. Yeah, I just, maybe that's just what I, I just buy fighting games, even though I don't really play them. But and I think this was, was it last year? Or no, I think it was, I think it was two years ago. So I think it was a main stage uh evo game and it was like a big deal because this is kind of like more you know i would call it kind of more cult classic like it definitely has like a good like a strong following but it's kind of like on the smaller side of of you know fighting games um so i think it was kind of a big deal that it was like a a main stage game and that was actually the first time i heard about it i'm like oh it's i've never heard of this like that's kind of a big deal so that was my call to action to to actually like check out the franchise and and play the game. So, so I think that was like maybe two. I can't remember if it was like two or three years ago, but that's when I first found out about the franchise. Um, it's you know it's a fun game. I had I had a quick quick and enjoyable time with it, but uh, for me, like you know, I I don't know if I'm that that excited about the sequel. Well, some fans are so good. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe maybe it will become one of those where 
where people see more of it um and then uh we have nickelodeon all-star brawl 2 so now we're talking now we're talking we're talking some nickelodeon guys uh they just announced more of the fighting game mechanics that will be taking place in uh nickelodeon all-star brawl part two uh some new characters you got plankton in there you got uh just different moves obviously this is more of your you know arcadey uh, brawler a la super smash brothers a la multiverse so um i know that a lot of people enjoyed the first one um and obviously they made a sequel so with more characters and stuff like that very interesting there's always that um that void i would say of this type of of, of game that's always uh looking to be filled obviously with smash brothers being kind of the mainstay one but they haven't released a new one in a while and nintendo's very kind of you know not good at letting people enjoy it and host tournaments and stuff of it so uh you always need something to fill fill this type of market um any thoughts on this i know you're a big smash guy and you kind of dominate well i mean i don't just to set expectations it's because all of you guys are so bad at smash brothers games so that's why ah, i'm glad you i said almost it. always i almost always win but uh if I'm I'm if it's like a competent Smash player, I'm sure they would they would kick my ass. But uh yeah, not not really. Like I, I'm I kind of find it funny that they like do announcements like like for these games at Evo. Like I feel like it's like an audience kind of mismatch. I don't know. Like I I feel like for this game what do you mean? like what it would be mean? better. I think it would, and I guess maybe it's, if it's if it's just like talking about the game and having like some interesting news to share, like that's fine. But I feel like this is more better suited to like Summer Game Fest or you know like one of those types of things, like more mass market things. Because I view this as more of like a it's like a party game, super casual, uh, fighting mechanics. So I don't know. It's so I think it's fine. I just find it kind of funny. No, but that's uh, what, that's why I think they do do them at these things. Obviously, they want to, you know, take the mantle of what Smash Brothers does, and this would be the best exposure. Because otherwise, if you do hear it at like a Summer's Game Fest or or Game Awards or something like that, you kind of brush it off because it's like, oh, it's just a Smash Brothers clone. I don't want to pay attention to this. Yeah, but that's fine though. Like, is there are there people actually competing? And like, Smash Brothers is an actual game people compete in it's just that nintendo makes it difficult <laughs> for people to do that i don't are people like are, is there a tournament for all-star brawl like can if, could you if there isn't i'll, I'll check now, i'll check yeah. i'll check after the recording to see if you can actually like register to compete in nickelodeon all-star brawl yeah well if there isn't there will be one so we'll see okay um and then some breaking news which just premiered right now after the end of the tekken finals uh and sorry if we get it wrong, but it looks like they just announced for Mortal Kombat 1 that Reptile will be a playable character. I know Ed Boon has been teasing it for a little bit uh, on his Twitter uh, that Reptile will be a playable character. I believe they showed Reptile and two others. I didn't catch the name of the two other characters, but that's pretty cool. I know they, they've got a lot of the, you know... Uh, Mortal Kombat ninjas in there. Obviously, you got Scorpion uh, and Sub Zero, and now you have Smoke and Reptile. So pretty cool to see that. And he actually does turn into a, a reptile, so that's pretty cool. I know uh, he only did that for the Fatality, I think, in, in the beginning, but it looks like he turns into a reptile there. So that's pretty cool to see um, out of Evo. Uh, obviously, uh, Mortal Kombat being about a month and a half away from release, um, we're gonna obviously start seeing a lot more of of the characters and the full roster so that's pretty cool to see there you go look at that breaking news as it happens and they're they're doing the guilty gear strive trailer right now so yeah look at that maybe we'll learn something about that we're we're on top of these things <laughs> new special moves for characters guilty gear you heard it here first if you're hearing it <laughs> unless yeah. you, unless you heard it somewhere else yeah <laughs> well that's it that's it for all the evil stuff um i we wish we had because we're pretty sure they're going to be uh announcing something for street fighter which we love you know um we play a lot of 
on Discord. Um, if if you don't if you don't know, catch us there. Um, but we're pretty sure later on uh, at uh, Street Fighter Top Six, they'll probably do some sort of some sort of announcement for any new characters or just uh, costumes or anything like that. We we've seen a couple of the artwork for for upcoming costumes and looks pretty cool. So uh, keep keep a lookout on that. Keep a lookout. Uh, maybe maybe we'll go next year. Evo twenty twenty four. Pressing buttons. You wish. We, so we have we we have to go and we have to enter into the tournament. Yeah, we got to get better and enter. It'll be so, our goal. We'll pl- yeah. we'll place six hundred and we'll be fine. Six hundred out of nine hundred. Not bad. As I just as- want to win. I just want to win at least one. Yeah, one round. One. Not one even one. a full match. Just one round, and I'll be happy. Yeah, you you get partnered against the. Uh, punk <laughs> oh there's there was, there was this hilarious clip of uh do you know uh, justin wong yeah and so he he was playing against someone in street fighter 6 and some it was like some random dude and he like and it was like on stream so there's a clip of this and it's absolutely hilarious but this random person like gets one round off justin wong and he starts like clapping like he was patting himself. He was. He, he, was, he was like. He was like patting himself on the back by clapping, and then you can see the like the fury in Justin's face, and then he immediately perfects him, and then he uh, basically gets like another, almost does like a double perfect basically on him after the guy like clapped. <laughs> so I'm just like, he pissed off a street fighter. Yeah, but... you can't, you can't, you can't piss off one of the gods like that. Yeah, I saw, I saw the clip and. Uh... I think it's a widely known thing that he gets pissed when people like clap like that when I he's guess, playing against yeah. them because because uh, yeah, uh, it's Shen... a pop, like you can't pop off until you won like you can't pop off until you win. It's it's like the... around around isn't anything. It's the gamers' folly because you know a lot of gamers are like, oh yeah, I got you, and they haven't even like, bro, you haven't even won the game. Like, calm yeah, down. Yeah. I've I've succumbed to it. I've I've been on the other end. Well, on that end of it, we're like. I count my chickens before they hatch, so, you know, don't do that. Even though I will probably continue doing that. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on, uh, one uh, big news that I wanted to talk about. This is kind of from the Hugo Files, because uh, Nick probably will hate me for this. Uh, but, you know, it'll be good to see his point of view in terms of, of the business side of it and the financial side of it. But... Destiny did a, a big state of the game. Um, they do this every year. Um, they like to look back uh, and see uh, what they've accomplished with the goals of what they want out of the game. Obviously, being a, a live service game, it goes through a lot of changes as the years progress. Um, you know, a lot of system changes, a lot of mechanic changes, a lot of currency changes. Um, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Obviously, people will have all sorts of feelings. So they did a state of the game to kind of um, wrap up and, and see if they've accomplished a, a big four goals that they had set um, for the year, something like uh, the power balancing and and the story uh, mechanics and, you know, uh, the community stuff. Um, and I think this mostly negative, this, mostly, this got mostly negative results. Uh, the big thing being, there's a lot of things in Destiny that have kind of been put to the side because you know they're focused on advancing the game advancing the story and sometimes with these live service games you kind of have to give up on some things so one of these big things is gambit which is like a pvp pve mode inside the game Uh, it hasn't gotten an update well a big update in about five six years uh the other thing is pvp uh which has taken a back burner uh obviously we discussed this before on the podcast that the uh, their big team lead for PvP and a lot of their PvP developers have moved on to uh, Marathon, which is their new PvP extraction shooter that will be releasing whenever it releases. So the community got very angry at those two things. No update for Gambit, the PvP PvE mode, and no really big updates for PvP in terms of fixing the matchmaking, fixing the guns. Uh, they only announced one new map and one new game mode. Um, and to this I say... People need to calm down because there was a big uproar. Obviously, I follow a lot of the Destiny uh, content creators, um, and there was just a lot of like, oh, I've given up on Destiny. Oh, I can't believe Bungie's doing this. Oh, I can't believe Bungie's not doing this. It's a lot of crying. A lot of people need to stop crying because 
one there's a big showcase happening on the 22nd if you got a big showcase happening on the 22nd you're not going to reveal all your cards you're not going to say everything on a state of the game you're saving everything for the 22nd now if the 22nd comes and they don't announce shit which i don't think they will uh if the 22nd comes and you're not satisfied then come with your shit i think it's too early obviously it's a live service game i always say with destiny you got to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt even though people like to complain and and say that the game is dead and this and all that it is one of the ones that have the highest uh, concurrent players all the time every time there's a new expansion uh you have about over a hundred thousand players um i believe the last expansion the last not as many as Baldur's gate 3 not as many as Baldur's gate 3 but that'll die off don't worry <laughs> mm, but, uh, i don't know uh lightfall like even though it was a subpar uh campaign and they did a bad job storytelling wise of continuing the story where you kind of don't know what the fuck is going on and you had to do things that weren't obvious to kind of figure it out i think it's it's still a great game obviously people will be mad about it but it's hard with life service games and you know destiny 2 is one of the most successful ones uh and they're not gonna get everything right but they are working on on fixing it so i think a lot of people were mad about it just give it to the showcase i will definitely come back to it and and uh and give my thoughts on the showcase i think obviously they're trying to wrap up whatever story they're trying to tell by the end of the year with the big uh final shape expansion so you know you want to see what the future of destiny is like what the story is going to be what does this do wh what's what's it going to do because they say they're not making destiny 3 they're just going to continue updating this so that's a future i want to see what 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 they think it's going to look like and on the you know on the financial side of it they were saying that they don't have the time or the money or the teams to be able to create like new armor sets which a lot of people have been clamoring for because they only really make uh the the paid for armor sets and they just got bought by sony and all that stuff uh so what do you think uh do you think it's feasible for a company that seemingly has money to be able to say oh we can't spend money on creating new assets do you think that's a feasible thing well, I mean, it's it's just a resource allocation question, and they're just reallocating resources to a different game. So, so it's not a matter of like spending money. It's just like where are they putting their existing game developers? Well, um, so unless unless they're like going to meaningfully expand the number of people employed at their company. Which maybe I mean maybe they could do that. Maybe that's what fans are thinking they should do if they actually want to have multiple games on the market, multiple live service games on the market. So, but yeah, it just kind of seems like they there's a shiny new object. It's it's marathon. They're just gonna try to set that one up for success. Uh, I'm sure like you know Destiny's been around for a very long time. I'm sure people are just like internally a bungee or probably like, please get me the fuck away from destiny. I want to do like, do something new. I want a blank sheet of paper. I want to create a whole new thing. So like, I'm sure there's, there's an element of that happening as well. So, um, so yeah, I know it's, it's kind of what, so this thing was called state of the game. Was this more of like a, it's intentionally like a retrospective like yes like they what said, has happened and then there's a separate event that's like this is the future yeah they set goals uh for the game and then they go back into it and analyze hey this did we hit the goals yes or no but the showcase itself is what the future is so yeah. that's why that's why i think people just like are mad for no reason now yeah, i feel like i feel like um i don't know that that's an interesting approach where like looking to Final Fantasy as an example, they like combine it, right? Like they, they do these like letter from the producer live things where, and they're, they're very frequent, they're like fairly frequent. And it's kind of like more of a hybrid, right? Where they're like, hey, here's kind of like what's been happening. Here's like some things we're fixing. Here's like some new stuff we're going to launch. And I feel like that's a better it almost kind of like diffuses the negativity because <laughs> like, because you're giving people like some good, some like other things they get excited about instead of just like dwelling on 
like not hitting goals or other like negative things that are like potentially happening with the game. So, so I find that kind of an interesting approach and I would, I would expect that format that Bungie does almost like it's just like, it'll just generate more negativity than is actually like appropriate. Well, I also, everyone's going to be focusing on like all the things that like didn't happen. And, and I also feel like that's just like such a, that's like a level of transparency that I don't really think adds that much value. Well, the the thing is too to, with with you know how we've talked about before how some of the community kind of goes overboard and starts doing dumb shit, but they do want to be transparent with the community in a sense because it it is a live service games and then white people they want people to know like yeah we're working on stuff we're we're working on this every time and they also do a, um especially when it's coming around to these type of things where where they do the showcases they always do like every week they'll be release like big articles. Uh, um, just kind of outlining what they're going to be doing with the the game content, like the gameplay content, like what's changing or how they're making it better, or like uh, weapon tuning or ability tuning or anything like that. So it's all it's it's always a lead up. So I think uh, it, you know they just kind of caught everybody in between. They did the state of the game uh, last week. They're going to be doing like a weapons uh, tune up right down next week, and then they're going to do like an ability one the week after, which will lead into the gamescom and obviously it, you know they want to save everything big like there's going to be new class abilities there's going to be lfg stuff there's going to be new campaign stuff so like they they do want to save that but they don't want people to just like just wait for this one thing it's too much to to kind of just showcase um the other parts that aren't really necessarily groundbreaking but you know help the game better um the other thing i did want to ask you is do you think that they they are spreading themselves too thin just because like you said um they're allocating some people to marathon the rumors are still out there that, that they're working on another uh, uh single player experience or just gameplay experience called matter uh, that's the code name for it. And then obviously with them being acquired by Sony, they're also helping Sony with all their live service games uh, in terms of just like, you know, managing it and, and making it better uh, or giving their, their opinions on it like they did for The Last of Us Factions. Uh, are they, do you think that they're spreading themselves too thin and that'll come back and bite them in the ass? They only have 1,500 people in the studio, so. Yeah, I mean, it certainly sounds like it. Um yeah, again, like unless they're like dramatically scaling up headcount, like I don't think you and I know they've been talking about this for like I wanna say like ten years, the like I remember going back a long time ago and, and Bungie making statements around like we wanna be a multi game studio, like we wanna have multiple franchises, we wanna exploit that intellectual property across you know every every channel including movies and so they've been you know talking about that for for a pretty long time but they've really just been like pumping out destiny 2 content for the most part um so i think it was with uh with marathon where that was kind of like the step in the direction of them fulfilling that vision from like a very very long time ago um and i i don't I'm not like a game development expert, but like you just don't do that without buying other studios or like organically growing your own headcount to be able to, to, to develop, you know, multiple games at the same time. So, and yeah, and, and you know, ho hopefully over time it's not taking up too much of, it's not too much of a burden, but there's definitely going to be some like post, post acquisition, like integration kind of like headaches and things of just like trying to figure out how Bungie needs to integrate and, and kind of work as a part of PlayStation studios overall. So they're probably like deep into that stuff right now, but hopefully that'll go away over time and it's not taking up too much time and it's actually, you know, synergy is the word that's always used. So let's see if those synergies actually pan out or not. Uh, Spoiler is they never, they literally never ever pan out uh, based on data on mergers and acquisitions. So the, yeah, so I don't know. So it, it certainly sounds like they're spreading themselves too thin. And I think maybe you're seeing, you're seeing, you're like, you're feeling that 
through with what they're and kind of how they're managing destiny right now yeah if you don't play destiny then everything's fine because you'll probably get more I'm games probably, I, yeah I, I, I know i've been like i've been kind of down on that because like i've i've tried to get into the game there's certain elements of it that i really like but i can't deal with all the other things that i don't like about it there's too much shit everywhere uh, there's just too much shit and it's just like so i'm i'm just kind of done with that game but i'm very interested in in marathon um I'm yeah. not like a big extraction shooter guy, but I do, and I think I've I've been saying this for a while. Like, I think the reason PlayStation bought them is because if they did, if if of people who can create live service games, if you were to give you know a studio a blank sheet of paper with a lot of resources, like which studio on planet Earth could deliver something remarkable, and I would like to think that. But Bungie is on like on a short list of of studios that can do that. So, um, so I'm I'm very excited about kind of what's next. But I'm I'm so far over, <laughs> so done with Destiny. So well, only time will tell. And uh, obviously, uh, we're gonna wait for the showcase on uh, August twenty second. Uh, I guess it's I think it's one of the first ones or for Gamescom. Um, so. We'll wait for that, and then we'll give our thoughts there. Hopefully, maybe they'll they'll give you a fix for for your, you know, ability to get into Destiny because that's they've been working on that. They want to get no, more people. No, no, I can't. I can't. I've I've tried so many times, dude. And every time they're always like, "Oh yeah, this is for new people coming back or for new players. Like this is it." And it's just like it'll it'll click at one it's point. Just a, think, it's just a nightmare. I think it'll. Oh, click and then, at one and then point. I always have to pay like I always have to pay like forty bucks again or. Whatever it is, like I always have to pay more money to like try to get back into the game. Says the guy who buys and, every Naughty Dog game, even though he doesn't play it, and who just literally said buys a bunch of fighting games that he doesn't even play. <laughs> but that's those are all different, different games, different experiences. Oh my god, that's why it's that's why it's a live service games. It, it's different. It changes. All it right. changes. People can change. Games yeah. can change. Games can change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I think that's it for <laughs> our Destiny talk. I think that's more Destiny that, that Nick uh, wanted to talk about than he needed to talk I about in the, in the last couple months. I love it. <laughs> all right. So that does it for all the news that we wanted to discuss. Some really exciting stuff. Uh, we're going to move on to some closing thoughts. I'll start off. Uh, watch a couple movies. I watched uh, three movies. Uh, this week really exciting movies crazy opinions on all three i watched transformers rise of the beast i watched joyride and i watched the flash transformers rise of the beast i enjoyed it more than i thought i would i'm kind of over <laughs> the transformers uh film franchise but i do love the lore of it um i've said this before anything that has like crazy amount of lore and stuff like that uh, i really enjoy um and obviously from uh, growing up in the 90s and watching the beast wars cartoons and seeing uh, optimus primal out there is, is really exciting stuff and i think they did a great job just uh showing these uh beast transformers in the in the movie um in terms of story, wasn't that great. But, you know, robots that turn into things, great. Uh, I also watched Joe Ride, which is uh, about these two uh, Chinese girls. Uh, one of them's adopted, uh, and they take a, a trip to China to find the adopted one's uh, biological mother. Really fun, really raunchy. Um, it's kind of like The Hangover, but, you know, with two Asian women instead. Well, four Asian women because it's a four Asian women lead. But it's really funny, uh, produced by Seth Rogen. So check it out uh, if you can. And then the last one is The Flash. And this might be a controversial opinion. I think it will be. If anybody has a problem with it, you know where to reach me. You know where to send the messages. But I thought it was a good movie. <laughs> That's it? You thought it was a good no, movie? No, no, no. Well, well, I wanted... I think... I, I, was, think, giving, I, th I was giving people, you know, space to... to take that in i think Are it was a good you mean me or well you and, and whoever else is really is listening. anyone listening yeah. just like they just need to process that for yeah. besides, 30 seconds or more besides questionable cgi because there was a lot of questionable cgi in this i don't know if it had to do with like uh 
Warner Brothers kind of just abandoning this DC universe. They've always completely. had very <laughs> sketchy CGI. Yeah. I was never, like, that, that's I was never a fan the of, the, of the Snyder CGI either as well. So the CGI was very questionable, especially like the. I don't know if everybody's seen the scene with the babies. That was questionable, and also the ending of it with all the different multi, uh, with all the different universes, different. Uh, superheroes and all that in, in the other universes definitely questionable but i thought the plot itself was was uh okay you know obviously taking from flashpoint um and then you know the acting was it, it had its funny moments i'm not gonna say it's like the best superhero movie but i don't know why people were shitting on it so much i think they just kind of they're, they're kind of over the dcu respectively you know but it wasn't that bad it was okay Okay, movie. People, people have to live with. Did things you watch being okay. the most recent? Did you watch the, the most recent Ant Man movie? No, not yet. Um, no, okay, okay, okay. It it did make me want to watch uh, Superman the animated series, so I think I will start watching that. That's cool. Yeah, that's a good, great series. Yeah. Can you? Can I ask a spoiler question? Yes, because I don't think anybody else cares. So go ahead. If is, if you do care, spoilers. Is is flash putting a baby into the microwave or is he taking the baby out of the microwave so there's circumstances he's taking the baby out, out of the microwave after putting it in the microwave so Whoa. yeah so that's he, a mind fuck yeah he had to rescue a lot of these babies and then i forget the exact sequence but he also uses a burrito to knock out some gas that's about to blow a baby up so and then, like, he has to put the baby in the microwave so the impact doesn't hit him. It's some weird sequence, but okay. he's not. I just remember, I remember when the movie came out and uh, people were, like, spamming, like, memes of him, like, putting babies in the microwaves. And then they were like, oh, fucking Ezra Miller is a piece of shit and puts babies in. And puts, so I had, like, no, I was, I was like, what is going on? Like, nobody puts baby what? in a microwave. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to know because I don't know if, like, maybe if I'm on a very long flight and I'm desperate for content and it's available on the flight, I think that might be the only time I would ever watch this movie. Well, you know, um, you don't. And take that's my, someone. That's you, someone who's a huge Keaton. Yeah, Keaton, Keaton Batman fan. Keaton, like huge Keaton. Keaton was good, and uh, I believe Sasha Kaye is the the person who plays uh um supergirl i think she was good as well ezra miller surprisingly good as two different flashes one's super annoying the other one's super annoying in a different way so nailed that mm. very surprising that this movie like made a lot of jokes that kind of reference indirectly his own personal life turmoils or their own because because <laughs> he he like uh he's a day uh but just like i was like does he know what's happening to they in real life? All the shit that, you know, they talk about mental health. It's like, oh, the, the Justice League should have a mental health thing. They're bad about that. I'm like, bro, you're bad about that. So it's just like really, really surreal. Um, but yeah, surprise, uh, spoiler, spoiler. Uh, Clooney's in there. Clooney Batman's in there. Yeah, that got spoiled. That's the other thing. Like all like the cool stuff got oh, spoiled okay. because of like Twitter and YouTube and yeah. So I saw Clooney. I knew Bale wasn't going to be in it. So yeah. So that's how you um, know. I I wasn't. Th I didn't. I didn't think Clooney was going to be in it either. So that was cool. Yeah, that was something. But that that was the most spoiler one. I, I I was surprised at that one. Uh, so that's how you know the DC universe is dead when they bring Clooney in. It would have been great if he like ripped his shirt off and he had like the hard nipple Batman suit because that was Just, that was the big controversy for that movie was like him having wasn't it the the, the crazy nips wasn't it also the American Express uh, card? What do you mean? Didn't he pull out like a like a black American Express card or that was like in a commercial for the movie? I don't know if it was in the movie or a commercial for the movie, but he had like a Batman black American Express card. Oh, I don't, I don't, I mean, maybe it was just like a dumb marketing thing, but no. in terms of the actual movie, Bat-nips. the first thing that comes, yeah, it's the Batnips. <laughs> All right. I think, I think we've done enough talking about the Flash, but check it out if you, if, if you haven't, don't listen to people that say it sucks, make your own opinion of it. I thought it was an okay movie. 
Uh, and then uh, I had haven't been playing much except for Destiny 2. Um, bit of, you know, we haven't really played uh, Remnant this week. We've both been busy. Um, so, yeah, Destiny 2. Shout out to yeah, the Yeah, why are you acting so messed up towards me? Well, you're doing shit, and I'm doing shit. Nobody's. We usually tell each other, like, hey, Remnant 2, and then somebody says, yeah, and then we Remnant 2. But we'll get, back, we'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. Uh, what about you? What you been up to? Well, yeah. I mean, we haven't been playing Remnant because I've been playing Baldur's Gate. I think we did... It was basically like we had game night. I think maybe I didn't didn't play games for a couple of days. Then we had game night where we mainly played Diablo, Diablo, Street Fighter, Rocket League. That's the the Triforce of games. Sounds like a good uh, game night. that we kind of land on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's always a good time. So and then Baldur's Gate came out the following days. So kind of over the you know call it the the long weekend. Um, I just been playing a ton of ton of Baldur's Gate, so yeah, it's 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 awesome. It's like the game just like looks incredible. It's fairly intuitive. Like I'm not a big Dungeon Dungeons and Dragons guy, so all of the rules and all that stuff is kind of like over my head. Um, but I think the game's intuitive enough to play, and it kind of like does does it all for you. So. Um, so yeah, it's it's fairly easy to play. Looks great, performs very well. You know, so chalk it up as an as a another like strong day one PC PC release, which is good to have because we've had a lot of really bad PC releases. You know, in in recent history, so that's good. And I'm sure being in early access for three years helped. Uh, <laughs> some. I'm glad I waited, but you know, still kudos to them for for having a successful launch. I didn't really hear, you know, I think the game has like bugs here and there, and that's kind of like to be expected given how much how dynamic it is and how many options there are and, and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it's great. Um, yeah, nothing game uh, game breaking so far. Yeah, and I think the other. In addition to this, I think just being like a little bit more streamlined for someone who's not like hardcore into these types of strategy games and, and not a D&D person. I think the one thing I figured out was because uh, I think I get kind of bored by like the, if I'm doing like these like hour long battles like all the time. Uh, I just it just it's like too much. So what I've kind of learned now is um, because I was hearing that the bard class is like pretty fun and, and like pretty good in this game. I'm like, okay, let me, let me play as a bard, which I've literally never done in any game ever. And basically just try to be like this wily character and like, always getting your, like talk yourself out of situations and and whatever. And like, so I'm having a, a great time with that. So like, I probably, like halved the number of battles that I would need to do if I was playing as like a warrior or something like that. You're just talking your way out of shit. Just talking your way out of stuff and fucking around, like lying to people and it's like it's great. So so I'm having a like a really good like I generally don't pay too much attention to like story and dialogue options, but I'm like super focused on this stuff and the the outcomes of your interactions can like be so dramatically different. And I'm still like, I think pretty early in the game, but uh, every once in a while I'll like, I've been save scumming like crazy. Like this is, this is the scummiest save scumming I've ever done in a game where I'm just like constantly loading my last save and like approaching situations in different ways. Uh, so since I've seen like the same situation play out in like two or three different ways, you're just like, oh my god, this is like changes the game. Like it's so it's like, and you know I know this isn't the first game to do that, but I think I think this game just does it very very well, and I'm having a really fun time with it. So yeah, and I think I know you're a uh, you're very much an explorer and a looter, so I could see I could see you actually getting into this. 
Yeah, it, it does sound very appealing uh, hearing you talk about it with, with all the options that you could do, like how different the world is and how you could do so many different things and lead you different ways. Also, the character creator looks pretty cool and you can make a pretty awesome lizard person and you can have sex with bears. So, you know, real freaking I've, shit. I haven't, I haven't had, I haven't encountered bear sex yet, but I did walk in on trolls a troll having intercourse with another larger troll and i had to navigate that situation mm. so there's, sure there's some there's some interesting i'm telling you like anytime you go into a town almost every npc has like kind of like a unique thing going on so yeah, yeah, that's great. No, that sounds great. Um, I might, I might. It it has to win RPG of the year. Like, there's no fucking way. Like, if you were to imagine, like, what is an RPG? Like, it is, it is this game. <laughs> like, there's, like, how, like, how could? And I know, like, Starfield's gonna be the other, like, big, like. I get, I get, like, I guess it's an RPG. Like, I don't, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to be classified as an RPG, but I feel like it's going to be more kind of action-y adventure. But, um, well, we'll have to see when uh, our end of the year game award predictions, if you're right. So, Baller, so Ballers Gate 3 game of the year nominee for sure, and RPG of the year for sure. Like, feel pretty good about that gotcha somebody timestamp that somebody remember yeah. that because we will not oh uh, we might we might i'll remember we're, I yeah remember. We're, we're good at remembering dumb shit but yeah i might i might take a gander uh it, it does seem very interesting obviously there's a lot of and good there's games. and there's co-op oh which i haven't i haven't even played with yet oh wow all right yeah i mean there's a yeah, lot I have, of, I've... it's it's a very big plate this year for for games that have been really good and that we're really enjoying uh so i might, I might take a gander might be a little bit later though the only um which i think is a good thing but it could also be a bad thing depending on your how you manage your time but every time i've started playing this game it'll be like three or four hours will go by and i'll be like what (laughs) (laughs) wait like what and even like talking with my with my wife where i'm like Wait, what is that? What time is it? So it's like it's very much like this time machine of you get sucked into this world. There's like all this stuff you can do. There's this like tweaking your character and inventory management, and you know it's 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 a deep, it's a super deep game. So it it pulls you in. Damn, I might have another addiction. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that does it for us. Thank you guys for joining us on another episode. Episode 75. I'm always waiting 20, for like 25, a, 25 times three. Yeah. I'm, I'm always, I'm waiting for like a background of applause or something <laughs> of hype. Well, uh, you, you know, just add it in and, uh, post-production. Oh, wrong one. Wrong one. You know what? Let me not even try. Uh, I was trying to add the, the sound effects. Wrong ones. But uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Make sure you guys check our website, pressingbuttons.gg. You have our link to our Discord. Come join the Pressing Buttons community. We are very welcome of everybody come in there and play uh, all types of video games with everybody. Make sure you guys are following us on YouTube and uh, Twitter. I still call it Twitter, fuck X. Um, Instagram, threads, wherever we are, if we're on there, make sure you guys are following us. We love the community. Leave a like, leave a comment. Make sure we get that exposure so we can make it big. And then we all make it big. And that's it for pressing buttons. I'm Hugo. Bye. I'm Nick. Later. Thanks for joining us on the Pressing Buttons podcast. The show is produced and edited by Nick and myself. Our awesome music is composed by Layla and our show is done by D-Pass Design. Don't forget to give us a rating and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. See you on the next episode.